You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. When I planned this message, uh, I didn't think it would come on this week. I didn't, I didn't plan it all for it to come on this week. We've had a lot of tragedy in our country, in our church, school shootings, cancer, heartbreak. And to be honest with you, about midweek, I thought to myself, that I, is this the wrong Sunday for me to preach this? And I thought about it real hard, and I thought, man, I may have to change it up. But then as I was praying, I realized that it is in our most vulnerable moments in life that we need to know that we don't have to live scared. So I'm preaching on living scared today still. Tell somebody, say, he's still going to do it. I'm still going to do it because our decisions are scared. Our prayers are even scared. Our words are scared. Our reactions in life are scared. And I know there's been a lot of craziness in the world, and it only seems in some seasons it seems to only not stop and get worse. But you still have the choice if you're going to live scared or not. And I want to show you how not to live scared. So uh, will you just lift your hands right now? Lord, help speak through me. Speak through me. And Lord, help us see how to live in your strength and not live scared. Because we live in a world right now where everybody's running around like chickens with their heads cut off. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, here's what I want you to do. When I count to three, I want you to make one of the boldest moves. Uh, that we don't make very much because we live scared. You ready? You don't even know what I'm going to ask. You ready? You trust me? One, two, three, sit down. That's it. That's it. That's it, y'all. We live in a culture where strength is found and we tell people that they are strong when they stand up. When they speak out and they speak loud. Talk crap. Make threats. How many times did you threaten your kids? How many times did you actually do it? And if you did it, you didn't do what you threatened because we talk crap. That ain't strong. That's crap. And so we say strength is in talking and standing up, but that is not strength. That is not strength. Watch this. We try to act like we have authority. We like, like to show people we have authority. And we don't even realize what we're showing is the opposite of strength and authority. Watch this. So Jesus, like, the, they were arguing, the disciples, about who was the greatest. They were being entitled, immature, and dumb. Just like we are. Petty, dumb, imm- all that stuff. And so they were keeping quiet because they knew Jesus wasn't playing with them. So it says this in Mark 9. It says, but they kept quiet because on the way... On the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. They knew they were in trouble. You ever had it where you're like, oh, snap, I'm getting my tail whooped when I get home. Say this next part with me. Say sitting down. Say it. Say sitting down. Say it like you mean it. Say sitting down. Say it one more time and online drop a comment. Say sitting down. Sitting down. Not standing up. Not yelling. Not rebuking them. Sitting down. Jesus called the 12 disciples and said, and he gave them a big speech here, but I'm not reading all that. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. How did Jesus show his strength and authority? Uh Uh-uh, say it like you mean it. Sitting down. Now, I 
know that my preaching, I ain't nothing like Jesus. I don't try to be. I'm loud. Jesus preached the single greatest sermon that is the subject. The text is the subject of millions of sermons. The Sermon on the Mount. How did he preach it? Sitting down. We preach Matthew 5 through 7 all the time. I've done it yelling, screaming. Jesus did it. He did. You don't see a lot of times where Jesus just loses it. He does. I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of times we think strength is the ability to, uh, to raise your voice and to prove your point. And Jesus sat down. Sometimes strength and not being intimidated is being able to. Yes, somebody's listening. I hear you. Let them all sleep. You keep talking to me. Sitting down. Sitting down. Watch this. So they were trying, you know, because it still happens today. There were people trying to incriminate and undermine the ministry of Jesus. Happens all the time. You do good at your job, just get ready. There's going to be some people that don't like it that you're good at your job. You raise good kids, there's going to be people that don't like it that you raise good kids. You, hey, you make a lot of money, there's going to be people that compete against you. The same things. What happened to Jesus happens to us, which is why Jesus said a servant's not above his master. He said the world hated you. Don't worry when the world hates you, it hated me first, right? Well, what happened is the religious people, the people in his circles, because he, he was a rabbi. He was a religious dude. He was, a, he was like me. You know, he's like, that's what he did. And so they were trying to incriminate him, and they said, they said Jesus, they said, uh, they said, why aren't you paying the temple tax like everybody else? You think you're special? Well, we love to do that. We love to on social media talk, our politicians, your boss at work, and when you leave, you like to Google review, they just think their crap don't stink. Well, game recognizes game a lot of times, guys, because we do it too. You may not do it at work, but you do it. And you may put on a good show. We all do it. Watch what Jesus did. They say, you don't pay the temple tax. This is Jesus talking to Peter. He says, however, we don't want to offend them. Woo! If we just said that one line about 90% of the time, we'd be really good. We don't want to offend them. So go down, Peter, to the lake and throw in a line. By the way, all my people, they're like, I'm just going to tell it like it is. However, we don't want to offend them. Jesus, we need to be more like Jesus. However, we don't want to offend them. Why don't we whip that one out? We like to whip out a lot of verses. Why don't you whip that one out of your back pocket every now and then? When you want to yell at the ball coach that ain't playing your kid, when you want to go tell the teacher that, that, that your, your kid's not the problem, the teacher is. When you want to tell everybody because you're insecure about whatever they're challenging about, however, we don't want to offend them. Because when we're willing to offend somebody over a trivial battle, it is because we're scared. We are living scared. Don't matter what they're doing, no matter what you're doing, because we, are, we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So back to Jesus. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth. Because, you know, Peter's a fisherman. He wasn't a preacher at this point. He's a fisherman. Go, go catch you a fish. And you will, the first fish, you'll find a large silver coin, take it and pay the tax for both of us. Jesus did a miracle to appease these people. Do you know why? Because he had bigger fish to fry than to fight, fight a battle with them. 
here, go pay the people because I don't, I got, I'm moving forward. I don't have time to bicker with my ex-boyfriend and girlfriend for the next 10 years. I don't have time to prove that they're the bad parent, that I'm a single mom, a single daddy, and they're terrible, and I want the world to see it because that is living scared when you have to sit there and fight those battles. See, the same reason that you fight no battles is the same reason that you fight every battle. It is living scared. And when you are able to, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, this message is going to hit me hard. I'm just getting to my crap later, and this is part of it too, but my real crap's later in the message. When you get to a situation and you're able to say, I don't want to offend them, not because I'm, try, not, because I'm not wounded, but because God's doing something bigger than me fighting this battle and proving this point right now. That is strength. That is strength to be able to say, Oh, Peter, go handle that for me right now. I'm not going to sit here and bicker with these people. That would eventually be the ones to put him on the cross. But in the few years until they did, he was taking care of business. And his business and what God had in his life was not to fight with them. And what happens is you end up being a martyr to things that happened to you 10 years ago and you never find what God has for you right now because you're fighting battles that you should have said. I don't want to offend them. I got bigger fish to fry. And the reason we do that is because we are living scared. And we live in a culture where a lot of things we think are strength, they are not strength. We're living scared. Watch this. You want to see strength? It said this about Jesus. It said Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. And that he had come from God and would return to God. See, Jesus knew he had it, so he didn't have to prove he had it. When you got people who are constantly trying to prove they got it, it's because they don't believe they got it. It said that Jesus knew he had that authority. He knew it. He could step up to you any day of the week. And because he knew it. See, you're hungry for affirmation and you want, you want acknowledgement and you want to be told, we want to be the boss. We want to make, we want to be the elite. We want to be the star. We can't even be team players and it is not strength. I don't care how much talent you got. If you can't, don't have humility, it doesn't even matter. That is living scared. You're just living off your talent. And I have seen some of the most talented people in the world that don't do nothing or they do something that they can't handle it and their lives are a wreck because they live scared. They live talented, but they live scared. So he knew he didn't have it. Or he knew he had it. So he didn't have to prove it. So you know what he did? <laughs> it says, so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel around them. A slave, it was beneath a slave in Jesus' time to wash feet. This ain't no spa day washing feet. This ain't yo palace feet. I don't care how hard you work. This is people that walked way more than us. They didn't have work shoes or work boots. They had sandals. These are bleeding blisters. These are, these are, this is all messed up. This is hours of work. This is, and he washed every one of their feet. A slave didn't have to do that because it was that nasty of a job. But because he knew what he had, he didn't have to prove it and what he did he he actually practiced what he said in mark 9 when he said we have come to serve not to be served that the greatest among you will be your servant see strength is being willing to say i don't like what i have to do but i'm gonna be faithful because somebody's got to do it and i got nothing to prove 
The Savior, Paul said of Jesus, he said, Paul said that, that Jesus took the form of a slave, that he emptied himself. He had it, so he didn't have to prove it. But what we do is we think strength is in the show. We think strength is in being acknowledged. We think strength is being the greatest testimony, you know, having a, that's why we one up everybody. Uh, you know, somebody tells a story, you got to one up them. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. I did that too 20 years ago. That's not, that's, we're scared. We're scared. We live scared and we call it strength. We call it strength. Bible says that about Jesus, it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. And then it says this, he sat down at the right hand of the father. Watch this. Sitting down in Jesus' day was a sign of authority. That's why in Luke chapter 4, they tried to throw him off a cliff at his hometown, Nazareth. Because it wasn't that he read the scroll when he said, hey, I'm the fulfillment of the prophecy. It's when he sat down. Because sitting down was a sign of authority. So when they really got ticked off is when he actually said, oh yeah, I'm the guy. And they got mad. Because sitting down in Jesus' day was a sign of authority. But in our culture now, you want me to show you how un-American the Bible is? In our culture, sitting down is considered cowardice and weakness. But in actuality, living scared will cause you to stand up when you should stand down. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you there's not some times to fight. I'm not telling you there's not some times to stand up and bow up and to stand your ground and to say no more, not yet. I'm telling you that you do that 100% of the time and that's because you're scared. You push everybody away because of pride and wounds and bitterness. And what happens is, is when you're living scared, it causes you to stand up when you should stand down. So we think somebody's actually got fortitude. When they can be the best social media cuss everybody out person. That's living scared. That's living scared. Watch this. Pilate is trying to get Jesus to talk. Jesus is like a facing crucifixion, y'all. He ain't it. What? It says, why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Pilate didn't want to kill him. He knew this was an innocent man, but the Jews were threatening an uprising. So he had to appease them. So he was in a peculiar place. He says, why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Do you know that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Watch this perspective of strength. Then Jesus said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. The guy that had his life in his hands, all he had to do was say, please don't kill me. And Pilate probably wouldn't have killed me. You know what his response was? And he was sitting down, handcuffed, chained up, beat up. And he says, the only power you have is what my father will give you. What if we looked? What if we looked at our hurts and our fears like that? If they laid you off, it's because God allowed it. If they don't see you or notice you, God does because he allowed it and he's doing something with it. Young people, if you don't make the team or you're not the starter or, you, or, or they don't even think you're ever going to make it in sports, why don't you know that God allowed it? They broke up with you and it was not what you wanted and it broke your heart. You don't even know what's going on in your life and, and you, don't, you don't think you'll ever recover because of one person. <laughs> what about Jesus said? 
There's no power given to any person except what what the Father gives them. If it happens or if it happened, he will use it for his glory. It don't have to make sense right now. I know some of you, there are in some situations that it doesn't make sense. But if it happened, he will use it for his glory. What we do is we say we believe that. But we really don't believe that. Which is why we live scared and we don't stand down. You ever notice bitter people fight every battle, man? Wounded, insecure people that have tons of anxiety, man, they they do all the crap talking. We're constantly trying to find the next thing that will fill our needs, man. We're compulsive, impulsive, thing to thing, moment to moment. Relationship to relationship, jobs to job, because we are living scared. Don't call that hard work that you worked 17 jobs the last six months. That's not hard work. That is living scared. Don't even have anything to do with the job, probably. It's got to do with your heart. And it says, Jesus saw it that way. What would happen if you saw it that way? You believed that whatever God allowed in your life, in your finances, in your family, in your body... That he allowed it. Jesus was able to look and basically give himself a death sentence by, hey, you don't have any power over me. You think you do, but you don't. Let me tell you what would happen. You would be able to sit down in moments where you're standing up. Can you just take a breath? Just take a deep breath. You would be able to breathe. To not be ruled by your emotions and constantly react to your emotions. But we don't, man. We live scared. And we stand up instead of stand down. And we fight every battle. And it is just as cowardice and fear-driven to fight every battle as to run from battles and not fight any of them. It's the same thing. Fear. And we live scared and we call it, live, we call it living in the spirit. We've, we've learned to dress it up in church better than anybody else. But it ain't, it ain't faith. It ain't in the spirit. It is scared. It is scared. King David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Notice where he said he prepares where his enemies would meet him. He, did, he didn't say God prepared a battlefield. A table. You anoint my head with oil, God. You promote me. You provide for me. Not my employer, not my spouse, not my friends, not my teachers, not my coaches, not whether, not the colleges that accept me or don't accept me. Nobody but you. King David wrote Psalm 23 later in life because he learned a lot of lessons the hard way. He made a lot of mistakes and hurt some people. By not learning this. And he finally towards the end of his kingship. And as he got older. Because there's some lessons. When you get enough experience under your belt. you've just re- If you've done it the right way. You've realized a lot of things by learning the hard way. And he says. God that's how I look at my enemies. He had King Saul try to kill him. His own son try to take his throne and kill him. And he said. Father you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. Not a battlefield. Not a war. A table. Living scared causes you to stand up when you should stand down. It causes you to stand up when you should stand down. Matthew chapter 27. 
says when Jesus was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made, say that with me, no reply. Not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Jesus did not respond to the charges. He did not defend himself. He did not take shots at his accusers. And this man was actually 100% innocent. A lot of us will take shots at people when we're like 75% guilty. You don't appreciate me for what I did do. No, I'm not talking about what you did do. I'm talking about what you didn't do or what you did the wrong way and you were talking junk and gossiping uh, with, your, with your coworkers and your manager because you didn't get the manager's spot and all that stuff. No, we're not talking about the 10% that you did right. We're talking about the 90%. That's why we're here. Don't deflect. You don't get to change the subject. Jesus didn't even respond. He was 100% innocent. Because that's what, because we live scared. We live scared. Your lack of faith is because you live scared. You're easily angered and provoked because you live scared. You're constantly in in between. I just need to get here. If I could just get here, I could do this because you're living scared. Pride. It's pride. I know that they hurt you. I know that your parents didn't do whatever they didn't do for you or they or they did everything the wrong way. You are living scared. You are 50 years old. You don't get to blame them anymore. My kids don't appreciate me. Well, you treated them like crap for 20 years. You're going to have to redeem that relationship. Don't you dare think because you put food on the table that in six months they should completely trust you and forgive you. They need to see growth. You live scared and you don't even realize it. It's pride. God loves you. He's got a plan, but you better, we gotta, we've got to learn, you've got to learn to humble yourself, to sit down, to shut up, to take a beat. And I'm talking to myself, y'all, because I stand in a season of my life where I am less insecure than I've ever been in my life. But the insecurities I still have, I feel like when I get played, when they get played into, I am louder than I've ever been. To people that really don't deserve it. Oh, I don't get insecure about much, but those few things, oh, you can real quick. And it ain't the spirit. I promise you, it's scared. Because you're louder when you're living scared. You're louder when you're living scared. You're louder. Watch this. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified. And their voices, what? What? Why did they prevail? Because they were louder. Crucify him. They put Barabbas on that. Crucify Jesus. Barabbas was like a major criminal. This wasn't a shoplifter. They were trying to get Jesus off the hook, but the Jews had him in their sights. Louder. Insecurity is louder. Bitterness is louder. Anxiety is louder. Wounds are louder. Competitiveness is louder. Your insecurities are louder. Control is louder. It's loud. It's constant. And it says, the voices that wanted Jesus crucified prevailed because it's louder. 
look on social media, that ain't confidence. That is complete weakness and scare. Ain't confidence. People, that's wounds talking on social media. Whether it's political, personal issues, it's wounds. It's shame. And now we have a converse, we have a platform in our culture where we get to see the darkest, most dysfunctional parts of our world because everybody gets to have a voice and talk about it and squirrel. And we get to see elementary school at its finest with 70-year-olds. It's louder. It's louder. So I got, a, I got my dog, uh, Scotty, long hair chihuahua. Y'all heard me talk about him because I'm not, I struggle with animals. I do. I try to remind my family I don't hate him. I just don't like him that much. He's cute when he's quiet, but he's rarely quiet. He's a long hair chihuahua. Thank God he's adorable or I may try to d- make something happen. I'm joking. Don't you leave the church, my cat lovers. I'm playing. I wouldn't. I can't. I wish y'all cat lovers like people a little bit more, but I guess that's why I'm in the world because at least... Somebody's got to like the people. Most days I do. Scotty's loud. He barks. And he barks because he's scared. Dog is a complete diva. Diva. Sitting there watching Netflix. Ain't nobody coming to the house and breaking in. This dog will just start barking. I'm like, you see ghosts or something? He's a diva. He barks because he's scared. You, me, we bark louder when we're scared. You bark out of insecurities. You bark when somebody triggers something in you that has nothing to do with why you're barking so loud. It has to do with what triggered you. You bark when you're louder. See, we bark. Bark. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the devil prowls around like a what? Roaring lion, a loud lion. Better if it was 2022, a loud long hair chihuahua. (laughs) Bark. Bible calls, uh, says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's a critic, cut downs, uh, uh, undermining, gossip, uh, all these things that we throw at people, all this negativity that we put out there in the universe and in your family and in your house. That is what the, it says he, that's what he is. The, the name Satan, I believe Satan's the name, not devil, that means adversary or accuser, slanderer. We bark and we call it preaching. I've done it, been guilty for many, there's many sermons I got up here and I'm not healed and I get to talking and, and I may not even be talking about what I'm hurting over, but I preach pissed off because I am barking. <sighs> call it preaching, call it truth. I'm just telling the truth. Now you're telling your truth and it ain't even true, it's barking. It's your opinion because you think your perspective is truly the perspective and at the end of the day, none of ours is because he is the Lord, not you. Vote your convictions, but you need to quit accusing other people of not being godly and loving Jesus because theirs aren't yours. Because I promise you, we sat down at the table. None of mine are yours either. And I ain't trying to judge you. I'm just telling you, you don't have your junk together and neither do I. Thank Jesus he does, though. We bark. We're barkers. And the louder somebody barks, and all the time when they're barking, 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 it is not strength. It is fear. He's living scared. My adults, you got a quick temper. You'll pop somebody in the mouth over looking at you wrong. You'll cuss somebody out, and they didn't even mean it. They just, they just, they just got, a, they got that RBF thing going on. They got the love of Jesus in their heart all day. They just don't have it on their smile. And you start thinking it's, it's personal. It ain't personal. 
You are personal. You need to stop. We're barkers. We're barkers. Watch this. James says, James says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. In other words, this is important, right? When somebody comes to me with a like criticism over somebody in the church that I think is very important, when it's not, I was like, I'll pray about it. And I won't because it's really petty and you need to start worrying about what matters. But when somebody says something that I really need to look into, I will say, I definitely, I keep that in mind. I took note of it. It's important. I ain't trying to do it on a Sunday. I'm tired. I'm going home. I'm going to watch uh, Top Gun today. If you text me, I'm not answering because I'm watching Top Gun. I've waited my whole life to see this movie again. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yeah, man. I watched it with you, Bradford, the first time, by the way. Sure did. We did some other things in that time I ain't even going to talk about today. We love Jesus, though, I'm telling you. Oh, man. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger, check this out, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. James is saying, James lives in a time where they were getting killed. They had got killed for, the, for the Christ. But we think persecution is not being able to bake a cake for a gay couple. That's ridiculous. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody got it out for you. They don't see it the same way as you. But ain't nobody trying to take your head off like they did the disciples. I just, I know I heard somebody, I, just, I know it just hit you. But hey, quit living scared. James says, be slow to speak. Slow to become angry, quick to listen. The reason that anger doesn't produce the righteousness of God is because anger is a sign of living scared, of not being healed, of having bitterness towards the people that hurt you, of being stuck in past trauma, being stuck in moments of anxiety. When you have anxiety, yes, it's a chemical imbalance, but it's because you feel out of control. So when you have anxiety, you're trying to grasp for control. He is sovereign and you need to quit saying it and actually begin to seek him and see it for yourself in your own life and until you do you're going to have moments where you're not sitting down you need to be sitting down but you're all over the place what can I do what can I do you're focusing on yourself and God is saying be slow to speak slow to anger quick to listen I'm talking to myself right now I am loud I'm loud when I'm in a good mood. You put me in a bad mood and piss me off playing my insecurities. I'm not. The thing about it is I used to not open my mouth. Actually, when I got more whole in life, I think, is when I started opening my mouth more. Now I'm trying to actually have wisdom to say, be reasonable and be quiet. See, because I used to all hold it in, so when it came out, it was a bad episode. But now it's just, oh, if I think it and I feel it, I'm going to let you know, especially if I love you. I ain't going to tell a cashier what I'm thinking, but I'll tell you if I love you. <laughs> Randall's like, yeah, Randall's here in the week. He gets to see it all around. You're louder when you're living scared. You're louder when you're constantly having to defend yourself versus the people that you don't like and don't see it like you or they think you're terrible and you're trying to prove that you're not. That is fear. That is living scared, Catalyst Church. Your big personality and your bark is not always a strength. It's not. You may think it is because it helps you cover up. You're good at owning a room. Oh, man, the older I get, the more I can own a room because I really don't care what anybody thinks. I mean, about that. I care what you think. I just don't care what you got to say about me that I used to. The things I used to care about, I don't. I do care about you. 
just don't care about your opinion of what you think I should be or shouldn't be unless it's constructive. Then I do. You've learned to guilt people. You've learned to intimidate people by your big personality and your bark. You've learned to control people and you can keep them around when they need to walk away until you show them some respect. Your big personality and bark is actually what's blocking you from healing. You're, you're, all my extroverts in the place, listen to me, your bark is what's holding you back. Bible talks about if you can't control your mouth, your religion is worthless. I'm trying, man. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it, baby, but I ain't winning some days. You're louder when you're living scared. Real strength isn't in your volume. Real barking is in your volume. Real strength is when you are able to be still. And you were able to be still when you were living in the spirit. Mm, I want you to hear me right now. I want Ben to hear me right now. <laughs> I was texting Terry this morning all frustrated. And, uh, and she says, just breathe. And I said, it's funny because I'm preaching on that literally. Real strength is when you're able to be still. In the Old Testament, Israel was cornered by Egypt. <laughs> They're about to be annihilated. We wouldn't even hear about them today except in the history books. And God tells Moses, this verse got me through so many seasons of my life and now I'm having to relearn it for this next season because I'm not the same person as I was at 22 years old. Egypt's, I mean, Israel's cornered and God tells Moses, he said, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to what? Be still. Being still is not being lazy and it is not being all over the place. Okay? But it is being faithful and letting God fight for you. See, they kept moving because actually when you go after that verse, God says, Moses, what are you doing? Continue on. And they continued on so they kept moving but God parted the Red Seas right after that. See, God's responsibility is the Red Seas, not yours. Your responsibility is to move. It is to be faithful. Not just have faith that God can, but to be faithful and trust that he will. It is to let him fight for you. See, we're barkers because we're not, we're not fight. We fight battles because we don't trust God to fight them for us. That is not strength. That is weakness. That is pride. That is the light. The Bible says the just will live by faith, not feelings, faith. And so what we do is, is we don't, we're, we're, we have faith a little bit, but we don't have faithfulness. And, 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 and it is God's job to part the Red Seas in your life. It is his responsibility. You need to be faithful. You need to keep moving. See, you overcompensate, you overcommit, you overdo everything. You overdo it because it's not confidence. It is insecurity. It is living scared. And God settled Moses down and helped him settle two million Israelites down who were about to get completely annihilated. He said, uh-uh, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. 
I got some people facing some situations today, and you need to know, I'm gonna, you need to know that the Lord will fight for you. You need to be faithful. The Bible says, they who wait upon the wait upon the Lord, they who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up as mount up wings as eagles. They will walk and not faint. They will run and not grow weary. Waiting in that context, waiting is not an idle thing. It is a faithful thing. You can look it up in Hebrew. You need to keep waiting and serving and seeking God, whether you're single, stressed out, don't know what ends up, you're hurting, your relationships are strained, you have no finances, you have no, you have all anxiety. You know that today's a good message, but it is going to be a long time before you get to where you wish you were and should be right now. It is going to take something, but you need to wait. You need to be faithful. Hey, Quit trying to find somebody to do life with. Find Jesus. Quit trying to find a way to get out of credit card debt and take your next step financially. You need to quit trying so hard and begin to be still because he said the Lord will fight for you. I will fight for you, Pathless Church, but you need to be still. Your responsibility is being still. It's being faithful. It's sitting down. It's being still. It's learning to be quiet and let your integrity speak for itself when you are in the office at your job. It's learning to quit overcompensating because all the loudness and all the show that we put on and all the confidence that we try to put on a show, you're a good pretender, but pretending is for the dysfunctional, prideful people. You don't have to pretend. You can come boldly to his throne. He said, be still, and I will fight for you. The reason that you're in the message you are is because you haven't learned to be still. You can be still. You can be still. Anywhere in His presence. You can, when you're living in the Spirit, you can be still. You can let them say what they want. You can let them break up with you. You can let them not choose you on the ball field in the school and, and, for the, and for the classes that you want to take. You can let them leave you out, overlook you, and you can be still because you can know that He is Adonai Elroy, the God who sees me. Still, be still in this presence. Don't let what scares you stop. I'm going to talk about this next week because I ain't done tying a bow on it just for today and I'll rip it off and dig deeper next week because I'm going to show you the only way that you can beat fear next week. There's only one way that you can go through fear and beat any fear that you have, any trauma. We're going to talk about that next week, but I'm going to leave you with this. Don't let scares you. Stop you. Let it still you. Don't just be, go through the motions. Don't take, don't shoot in the dark Dark and call it steps of faith because shooting in the dark isn't faith. Shooting in the dark is, is in, dark is insecurity. Don't make moves out of frustration. Make them out of faith. Don't make moves out of proving other people that you're not who they think you are, who you think you are. Make moves out of faith. But don't you dare let what scares you stop you. Jesus said, knock, seek, ask. You put yourself out there when you know it's the right time. Don't be scared of failure and rejection because the Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but they rise again. Jesus said, ask, seek not. Jesus said, peace, I leave you. Peace, I leave you. Not as the world leaves you because the world stands. But the peace you have can sit. The peace you have is what Jesus, he got on the cross. Kill me. Forgive him, Father. 
Into that hands I submit my spirit. He walked out of the grave because he was able to sit down and say, they can kill me, but, but when God's in it, he'll say, it'll set me loose. What I thought would kill me is what set me loose. It's true for your life. It's true for your story. And you need to seek him. In Revelation chapter 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand in the Chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand in the dead. doesn't get you to the big moments. He wants to enjoy you and you enjoy him through every moment. The Bible says that he breathed his spirit on the disciples. He said, receive my spirit and breathe it on you. God wants to breathe on you. He wants to be close to you. But you've got to be living spirit. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to learn to sit down and to breathe and to say, God, I can't figure this out. I don't have the money to make ends meet. I don't have... I'm not there. I can't walk in a room with that person there and be able to breathe. But God, I can only trust you to be my brother. I can only trust you to redeem this marriage. I can only trust you to cover the gaps that I've left in my life. You've got to quit living this way. You've got to quit living this way. You've got to learn to be still but continue to be faithful. I'm in it with you. So if you want to, you can join me now. You can go to your knees or you can do whatever works for you. I'm going to my knees. Because I want us to really learn to seek Him every day because Sundays aren't enough. Sundays are never enough. It's not just, this is the start of the conversation. I'm trying to sow something into your spirit that will grow like a harvest in your life. That if you will keep, if you will keep sowing and you will keep plowing, God will build something in your life that will blow your mind. So if you want to join me, I'm going to my knees because we are in this together. Uh, online, we love you. Here at the beach or wherever you are in the bed, we are for you. And you can, uh, you can throw my email up. We'll have somebody reach out to you as soon as we can. We love you. We are for you. We're about to seek you, y'all. I want to seek him because he doesn't just want to save your soul. Man, a lot of people just go to church and that's why we do churches to keep people out of hell. Man, a lot of you are living in hell right now and God wants to snatch you out today. Not one day, today. This is where healing happens. Not fighting battles, not cussing everybody out, not trying to figure out what's next, but on your knees. Clarity happens on your knees. Want to go to your knees if you want to come to the altar, if you want to grab your, your spouse's hands, if you want to sit in your seat, whatever works for you. Let's just worship. Can we do that? Can we worship him? It matters. It matters. So join me right now. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at IamCatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.